My name is Fabiana, Pastor's Mars wife, pastor in this church also. And I would like to share with you about dealing with losses. And before we start, let's pray. Close your eye, bow down your, your head, and let's pray to the Lord. Beautiful Father, we are so thankful, Lord, to be in this place today, Lord. To be gathered, Lord, as a body of Christ, Lord. And we want to listen your voice, Father. And I pray, Lord, that you can speak to us, Lord. Touch in our hearts, Lord. Help us to understand, Lord, your will for our lives, Lord. And help us, Lord, to, Lord, get closer to you, Father. And I rebuke now every evil spirit, Lord, every evil thought that maybe can, Lord, distract my brother and sister, Lord. And I declare your anointing upon this place, Lord. And I declare, Lord, your fire, Lord, around us, Lord. Minister to our hearts, Lord, and help us, Lord, to grow more and more, Father, in this day, Father. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen and amen. Amen. We're going to study about losses. What losses have you suffered in your life? Have you suffered any kind of loss in your life? Who? You can raise your hand. Yeah, everybody, everybody. For example, I'm going to tell you some of mine. Like the death of my grandfather and grandmother. My father passed away. My father-in-law. The loss of my disciples when I left Brazil. Because I, we used to work as a pastor in Brazil. And I have a lot of people that I was discipling there, and then I kind of lost them because I, I'm not there anymore. I have to left my house behind in Brazil. I have a beautiful house there. I lost my fluence and, and language because when I moved here, I could not speak English properly. Then I, I was struggling. For me, it was a loss because I I have to learn the language again, and then it was a very hard time 13 years ago. Thanks God, now I can speak with you in English, but before, I, I could not. And uh, my daughters, if you know, they move to a country far away. I have two daughters, but they are not living with me anymore. This was a loss also. I lost the freedom to travel. I love traveling, but we cannot do it anymore because of COVID. <laughs> then we are stuck here, and I love traveling. Uh, and even doing shopping, we are having to wear this mask and so many things. We, we lost many things in this past few years, in this past year because of lockdown, isn't it? And then I think uh, each person list is different. Each of us has a different story, and we can't compare ourselves and say that I, I have suffered more than you. Because for you, the loss is one thing. For me, it's another. And we, we have different kind of loss, isn't it? Everybody, everybody. And only you know your trauma. 
But my question is, what I'm going to do with all this pain? Because when we lose something, we feel pain here in our hearts. And I'm going to see to what can I do? I'm going to sit around crying and questioning God, saying, why, God, why? Why you let this happen to me? Or I will use this lesson to grow in my faith and to depend on God. What are you going to do? I believe that our lives is made of choices. We can choose the path we will walk. We can choose to cry and complain, or we can choose to move on. This is our decision. Nobody can decide this for us. Jesus said in, in, in his word that we will, in this world, we will have trouble. Tribulation, trials, and sorrows. But take heart. I have overcome the world. This is in John 16.33. I was reading a book called The Man's Search for Meaning. The author is Viktor Frankl. This man, he was a Jew and also a psychiatrist. And he, was, uh, he survived concentration camp in the Second World War II. And he, he recounts in his book that many of those who were with him during that time and did not give up on living were those who, in the midst of such pain and loss, they, were, they believe that something is going to happen after the war. They believe they had hope. Something is going to... When I leave this place, I will get something back. I will be able to do something. I will be able to write a book. I will be able to see my family. But there was people there. They give up living. They start stopping eating. And then a few days later, they were dead. Why? They have no hope. They lost their hope. Then we can lose things. But if we lose hope, then there is no meaning for life anymore. That's why he wrote that book, The Man's Search for Meaning, because he saw that those who were, they have meaning in their future, they could keep living. But those who have no meaning, they just give up living. And this is, can happen when we lose things. Imagine in the war, losing so many things. When we look to the word of God, we, we see many people who go through losses and we see different reactions. For example, Job. If you who here have read the book of Job, you know the story. We're going to talk more about it. But Job lost everything. And in the end of the book, we know that he said, now... I know the Lord in a way that I did not know him before. And then we see, on the other hand, one famous king in the Bible, King Saul. When he saw that he was losing the war, that he, the, Lord, the war was, he, was, he lost the battle, he committed suicide. He killed himself. And then we see like some people, when they face Troubles, tribulations, difficult. They keep seeking, but some they give up. And what can we do? 
Because loss are part of life. No one in this earth passed through here without suffering. Did you know that? We will all go through some trouble, some difficult. Suffering comes. And why this comes? Because comes from sin, from the devil, as we're going to see in the life of Job. And also for our choice, our flesh. Sometimes we choose things in our lives that's going to make us go through difficulties. But we also have to understand how to deal with loss. Unfortunately, in the Christian environment, we tend to ignore our emotions. Some don't express them and keep them buried, very deep. We hide our tears, our doubts, and our questions. But Job, he's an example that how he dealt with this problem. And his suffering, he didn't kept silent. When he was suffering through all those loss he talked about. We see also in the book of uh, Jeremiah was a prophet. He wrote a book called Lamentations. And the whole book is about loss and cry and complaining. We see, I don't know if you know that, uh, the book of Psalms. Two-thirds of the book of Psalms are lamentations and grievance before the Lord. Did you know that? Did you know? Have you paid attention that there is a lot of Psalms that they are just cries, complaints. And even God in the book of Genesis chapter 6 verse 6 he said that he repent of having created mankind. What I want to tell you here, what I'm trying to show you, that in the Bible, emotions are shown. People talk about emotions. People express emotions. But sometimes we don't know how to do it. Like God creates us with emotions, with sadness, anger, joy, fear, trust. Emotions were given to us by God. He placed them within us. If we do not express them at the time, our bodies will show them later. What I want to, uh, I'm going to give you some teachings to you. If you don't talk about, for example, your body is going to express, the physiological symptoms will come out. Because if you don't know, emotions are chemical reactions in your body. Did you know that? Emotions are hormones that is running inside of your body. For example, there is one hormone called adrenaline. Have you heard about this one? Adrenaline. It runs in your body. You know when it come, when it starts running in your body, do you know what's happened? Your, your, like your heart starts beat, beating fast. Your breathing becomes shallow. Your blood pressure increases. Why? Because you are preparing your body to run or to, to hide. Because there is danger. Something is happening. That's why adrenaline runs in your body. God made you this way. But imagine if you live very tense and all the time afraid of something that maybe is in your mind. Nothing dangerous is happening, but you are always... Afraid of something, someone is going to say something, something is going to happen, someone is going to come to me. And you're all 
in this tension, you know what's happened. You are just hurting your body because adrenaline is running in, in you and then your heart is always in a beating fast. Your breathing is shallow and then you are feeling, then you start feeling pain in your heart. You start having breathing problems. Why? Because you are always in attention because this adrenaline is running in your body. That's why I want to share with you this preaching today because we need to understand before the Lord we can learn how to deal with our emotions, not just to hide them, but to deal better with them. This is why it's so important. The loss, the tensions of life, the sorrows, if you, they are not working, they will end up controlling us. Then how to get through it? How to deal with emotions and loss? First, we need to understand that is in his sovereign sovereign God has allowed us had allowed all of this to happen in our lives. Not because he wants to punish us, but because he wants to bring us closer to him. God uses problems and circumstances to bring us close to him. Amen. Say to your brother beside you, God use problems and circumstances to bring us close to him. Amen. Learn to deal with loss, make us more mature and strengthen us. We can look to our problems like a wage. Who here like to do exercise? Amen. If you do exercise, if you, for example, you start getting weight and you want to build your muscles, then you, you become strong. For me, problems is like that. Problems is a way that God gave to me to strengthen my spiritual muscles, my spiritual, my, my spiritual and also my soul, my emotions. If I learn to deal with them, I become strong. If I don't learn, if I just... Avoid them, I become weaker. And then when I feel problem, when I face problems, I will not be able to deal with them. Amen. And I would like to share with you some points that I took from a book. The author is called Peter Scazero, and the book is called Emotionally Health Spirituality. The first point is pay attention. We need to pay attention what's going on. That's why we will be able to deal with our emotions. Just remember, Job, he was a very rich man. And, and one day, when you read the book of Job, you're going to see that in one day he lost all his possessions and 10 children died. The, all his 10 kids died in one day. What you, if you were a, a father or mother of... Then, if he in that in the same day all of them pass away, how are you gonna feel? Hmm? I think uh, if it was me, I will pull all my hair and cry the whole day. He lost everything. He lost his kids, his children. They were adult children. And also he lost all his donkeys, his camels, everything, all his money was gone in one day. And falling after that, 
he became very, very uh, sick and he lost his health also. The Bible tells us that he needs to scrap his, his skin with uh, something because it was full of uh, disease in his body. He was suffering a lot. And then after that, his wife come to him and say, Oh, ask God to kill you. Kill yourself. You don't need to live because it's too much suffering. But what the Bible says, he never gave up and he praised the Lord. He praised God. But we see that he, he, he expressed this pain. He didn't hide the pain. Even though he was suffering, he didn't give up to live, but he expressed his pain. Job 3, 11 says, Why did I do not perish at birth and die as I come from the womb? And then he said again and another time in Job 6, 4, The mighty one has shot me with this, his arrows. I have to drink their poison. God's terror are aimed at me. We see that he was realized that he was suffering a lot. He was in pain. And he was crying to God, why this has happened? But as a Christian, what's happened? We are taught that anger, resentment, annoyance, Hatred and bad things, they are sins. Do you agree with me? Yes or not? Yes and no. Let's look to this verse, Ephesians 4.26. Ephesians 4.26 says, Go ahead and be angry. Mm. The Bible says that we can be angry. But you dwell, you dwell to be angry, but do not use your anger as a fuel for revenge. And don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Normally we start feeling angry and then we feel angry tomorrow, after tomorrow, and then we keep angry. This anger control our lives. The Bible says we can't feel angry, but not Use as a revenge and don't hurt others. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. But normally what we do, we swallow anger. When we lose things, beloved ones, we feel angry. We feel it's not fair. Why God did this to me? Why this is happening? Then we feel angry. But what we normally do, we swallow this anger and then we became pass passive aggressive. You're going to say, oh, no, pastor, I'm not passive aggressive. No, 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 no. I'm going to show you. What is being passive aggressive? When you are sarcastic, when your tone of voice is unpleasant, when you are in silent, I'm not going to talk. This is being passive aggressive. When you give the cold shoulder, I don't matter. It's a, you are being passive aggressive. Said, oh, who is here is passive aggressive. <laughs> I know myself. Many times I have been this way. 
But what I'm telling you, we need to pay attention because sometimes we are holding these emotions in us and then we are hurting people in our house, hurting people in our workplace, and we are doing so many things that instead of helping, we are just keeping this feeling inside of us and then we are hurting people around us. And we are not obeying this Bible verse because we are giving devil the foothold in our lives because we are just hurting people with this passive-aggressive behavior. And we need to look after ourselves. Amen. Amen. We need to learn how to face our loss because if you are sad, angry, it's because we, we are suffering, we, we lost something. That's why you need to have discipleship. In this church, we work with discipleship. You can have, you can, you can call your pastor, your leader. You can share with him what's going on with her. I need to talk. I'm not feeling well. I'm very sad. I'm angry. I need to talk. I need to, to I need prayer. I need guidance. And if you don't, if, if, even if your disciple, uh, in your discipline, you cannot receive all the therapy, go and do you you need. Search for your uh, um, therapy. Go and do some therapy with, uh, um, like me, I don't live. You go look for a counselor and find help. Don't live this way. Pay attention what's going on in your life. Amen. Let's go further because our time is going fast. Point two, wait in the confusing in between. When we are going through difficult times, we need to understand what's going on. We, God is giving us, when we are going through difficult times, we need to wait on God to understand what's going on. Normally, we just want to run. And we know in the Bible, when the, uh, Abraham and Sarah, they, they were waiting to have a child. Instead of waiting in the Lord, they uh, Sarah gave his husband to his, the, their servant, and then Ishmael was born. And we know so many troubles caused in their family. And Psalm 37, 7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. We need to know and learn to wait, because knowing how to wait is a, an act of humility. We need to learn to wait in the Lord. When you read the book of Job, we see during the whole book, from chapter 4 until chapter 37, we see a lot of talking between Job and his friends, Job talking to God. And there is a lot of complaint, there is a lot of questioning. And what's going on there? It's a time of waiting because they try to understand. But job friends, they didn't help too much because they start saying, oh, I think you are suffering all of this because you sin. You are sowing what you, you are reaping what you sow. That's why you are going through all of this. And we know that's not true. At the end, job understood. The problem was God allowing Satan to perform all this trouble in, in job's life. But only after all that time, he was able to understand. But we need to learn to wait because when we wait, we learn why God is 
allowing things in our lives. And then that's why it's so important. But when we see someone suffering and crying, don't try to explain to this person why they are suffering. Just be the shoulder for them and a hug for them and strengthen them. Because when we lose something, if you are going through some loss, if, for example, if someone passed away, we, we, we don't know how to explain these things. But people need maybe a hug, need a shoulder for this to cry. They just need comfort. You don't need to be God answering all the questions, what's happened to this person, why he's suffering, why these things going on. Just be friendly and be with this person because God will give the answer why these things happen. Um, in my moments of pain, I suffer, especially when my daughters went away. I suffer a lot. I cry. What I did... I woke up many times during the night. I went before the Lord. I went in prayer. Sometimes I could not pray myself. What I did, I just put some songs and I list song. I listened songs like uh, "I'm not," uh, "I no longer a slave," and other songs that God used to minister to my heart and brought comfort to my heart in times of pain. And we need to find a way to wait until the Lord heal the pain in our hearts. Amen. Point three, embrace the gifts of limits. We are all limits. We are not like a superman, superwoman. We are limits. Like we have physical body that, for example, your age, you are not strong enough to do everything that you want. You need rest. You came from a family and you have your story and then you don't know everything. Your marital, marital status maybe can hold you also if you are single. If you are married, sometimes you cannot do everything you want. You don't have all the intellectual capacity. You don't have all the talents. You don't have all the money. Your personality, temperament, you, you have your way. You don't have time for do everything you want. Really? True? Isn't true? Your work, the way you work, the friends you have, even your spiritual understand. We, we have limits and we need to accept all of this. Because we think we can answer everything and we can find answer for everything. But God is at the center. He is sovereign and, he, and we are limits. We need to recognize our limits because as we recognize that we are limited, then we can start grow. Amen. We can become mature. It's a sign of maturity and growth. Stop waiting to control everything and everyone. The only person you can change is yourself. I cannot change my husband. I cannot change my daughters. I cannot change anyone in this church. I cannot change people in my family. Only God can change people. I can look after myself. But sometimes we try to, we think, I can control his, her. I can do everything with them. No, you can't. Take care of yourself. Recognize your, your limits and work in your life. 
4, climb the ladder of humility. We see after, in the end of the book of Job, that God called Job four times my servant in the chapter 42. Why? Because he developed this relationship with God. And at the end, he was called servant. There is one ladder that was created by a man many, many years ago. He's a monk called Benedict of Nursia. And he wrote eight steps. I'm going to just mention them quickly. First step, fear God and always be aware of his presence. Humbleness in our lives means I recognize that God is here all the time with me. Fear the Lord. Fear him and recognize his presence. He's here with you now. He's in, in your house, in your workplace. Whatever you are, God is there. Second, do God's will, not your own will, not others' will. Learn from the Bible what God's will for your life and go after his will. Third, accept God's directions given by others. Sometimes God is going to use your parents, your friends, your pastor to give you directions. And accept this. Pray to God. Because if you are praying, probably God is going to give you directions to somebody else. And listen what God is talking to you. This is humbleness. Four, be patient to accept others' weakness. Oh, it's so hard. You ask someone to help. And then they don't do things the way you like. And then what you do? You complain. Accept people people's weakness and be happy when you have someone able to help you don't complain about that this is being humble also fifth be radically honest with others about your own weakness and faults and have the courage to humble yourself and ask for forgiveness we are so, so humble, so, sorry, so proud that it's very hard sometimes to ask for forgiveness, isn't it? It's hard, I know that. Sometimes Mars called my attention and I don't like. Then I, <sighs> I say, okay, sorry. <laughs> because everyone makes mistakes, but to say sorry, it's so hard, isn't it? But we need, this is a way to, to have, to work humbleness in our lives. Six, recognize that you are the greatest of sinners. Like Paul the Apostle said, he was a very big preacher. He was sharing the gospel to many people. But he said, I am the biggest sinners, the greatest sinners. Seven, learn, pay attention, learn to speak less. Have self-control. Shut up your mouth. The Bible says in Proverbs 17, 26, Those who are sure of themselves do not talk all the time. People who stay calm have real insight. If you're calm yourself, you can understand what's going on. Don't try to talk and say things all the time to everybody. And eighth, let God's 
Let God's love transform you. Love yourself and trust in God's mercy. Amen. We need to let God to transform our lives. We need to receive his love. And we need to love ourselves and trust in his mercy. Amen. This is a step that we need to follow every day. And we need to work all the time. Job and, and, and the end of the book said, Job 42, 1 to 6, I know that you can do anything. No one can keep you from doing what you plan to do. He was saying that to God. And then God said, you ask me, who do you think you are to disagree with my plans? You do not know what I, you are talking about. I spoke about things and I didn't comp completely understand. I talk about things that were too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now and I will speak. I will ask you some questions, God sent to Job. Then I want you to answer me. My ears had heard about you, but now my own eyes haven't seen you. So I hate myself. I'm really sorry for that I said about you. Because he said many things about God. That's why I'm sitting in dust and ashes. It was a way for the Jew people to humble themselves. They used to throw ashes on their heads and humbling themselves because they are feeling very sorry for what they did. And he recognized that he, was, he did a lot of mistakes because he was fighting with God. When we go through loss, we are crushed. And this is the best time, my beloved brothers and sisters, for the Holy Spirit to work on us. If we, we submit ourselves to him, we will come out the other side feeling better, more mature, and full of the love of God. Amen. The last point, five, let the old give birth to the new. Dealing with loss do not mean we are, we are letting time heal us. People say, oh, let the time heal. Or some people say, just go with the flow. In a few years, you're going to feel better. No, no, no. It's not the way we deal with loss. We need to work with that. We need to process these things. We need to talk about. We need to humble ourselves. We need to see what's happened with us. Because, for example, one thing that God spoke to me very strong in these past years, because I felt a lot like all this loss, for example, moving to Ireland, having to learn a new language, not having the church that I used to have, starting everything again, for me was a, a, a loss. And then my, my kids, my, my girls, they grew up and then moved to another country. And then it was a big loss for me also to not having there around. And then I start feeling a, a little depressed and sad. And I start asking God, why am I feeling this way? Why am I so sometimes angry, sometimes the passive, aggressive, doing some things in that way. And I start praying. And as I start seeking the Lord, one thing that God showed to me was in, for my life, that I was holding too much, like putting everything on, 
on that people and my daughters and the church. And then when I lost, I felt like I have nothing else. And then I start feeling kind of lost because of that. And then God showed to me that I need to hold on him, not in the people around me. Because people will go, people will pass. They don't stay with us all the time. But if I'm holding in the Lord, what's going to happen? The Lord will be with me all the time. And then I will be able to pass through difficulties. But if the, Jesus said, if you love your father and mother more than me, you are not worthy of me. And sometimes we, God needs to, to allow things in our lives to work in us, to, to show us what we are fully loving. We are loving things from this earth or we are loving the Lord. That's why we need to go through this. And remember, just uh, recap. First point, pay attention. Pay attention to what's going on, to your, to your emotions. Two, wait in the confusion in between. Three, embrace the gift of limits. We are limits. We don't have everything we cannot solve and we cannot control everything. Climb the ladder of humility, number four. And let the old give birth to the new. In God times, we will be blessed. Job was blessed after. I don't know if you, if you read until the end of the book, but after he had more 10 kids, and then he, he got more, like the Bible says, uh, just read quickly, Job 42, 12 and 13. God blessed Job's later life even more than his early life. He ended up with 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, and 1,000 tents of oxen, and 1,000 donkeys. And also he had seven sons and three daughters. Look, God blessed him. God gave him things back. But who, he was able to go through all this process that I was sharing with you. He was able to learn from the Lord. And he, he, got, he learned the lesson. And when we believe in God, we can experience, experience resurrection. Amen. Did you know the center of the gospel is suffering and death. And death generates resurrection and transformation. Let's read this last verse. John 12, 24 and 25 says, Listen carefully. Unless a grain of wheat is buried in a ground dead to the world, it's never any more than a grain of wheat. But if it's buried, it sprouts and reproduces itself many times over. In the same way, anyone who holds on to Life just as it it destroyed that life. But if you get it go, if sorry, but if you let it go reckless in your love, you have it forever, real and eternal. Amen. Resurrection only happens when there is death. When we learn from our loss, we have we move from beggars to intimate friends. In God's presence. Let's repeat this. When we learn from our losses, we move from beggars to 
intimate friends in God's presence. Amen. God wants to build a beautiful relationship with you. And when we face loss, we need to learn that all this problem that's coming to your life, all these struggles that you are going through, is not a punishment of the Lord. It's something that He's allowing to happen in your life to bring you close to Him. Learn with your struggles. Go to His presence. Develop your relationship with Him. Spend more time of prayer. You may say to me, but pastor, I, I cannot pray when I'm feeling this sadness in my heart, when I'm feeling very, very sorry, when I'm feeling just to cry. If you don't have words, go before the Lord and cry before Him. Just bow down before His presence and say, God, speak to me. I'm feeling weak. I need your help. Talk to me. Amen. Let's stand up. Let's stand up. I would like to finish uh, showing to you one beautiful song. This song is called Million, Million Little Miracles. The guy, the, the lad that sings this song, he experienced many loss. His brother suicide. His parents get divorced. He was, I think, about 16 years old when his brother died. And then after that, his parents get divorced. Years later, his mother nearly passed away because she was very, very sick. He thought he's going to lose his mother also. But he says in the song that is his story that God were closer than no other. And I like one of the, the verse of the song says, I have got some scars, but that's how you learn. Scars in our lives are to teach us something. You can learn through your suffering. You can learn through the hard times you go through. And then you can teach others. You can be like a safe heaven. You can be like a um, lighthouse to those who are going through difficulties because you learn from the Lord. And my prayer for you, for everyone here, that you allow God to work in your life. Don't feel sorry because you lose something. You are going through some loss. I believe in the past year, all of us went through so many loss. And sometimes we think, is God punishing us with this virus? That's why you are not able to come to church. And then in, instead, um, in, and then we, 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 sorry, we need to go to God's presence, not run from him. We need to strong our faith more and more because all this loss is just a way for God to teach us. It's not a way for God to put us away from his presence. Open your heart to the Lord. I know many of us went through difficult times in these past years, but I believe that all of this is something that God wants to teach you. And the main thing is to bring you Closer to him. Don't run from the Lord. But run to the Lord. Amen. 
And let's listen to this song. And as you're going to see the lyrics, you can sing together. It's a very beautiful song. Short of miracle, I'm here. I got some blessings that I don't, don't deserve. I got some scars, but I don't learn. It's nothing short of miracle, I'm here. Think over, I did not and that. I don't have come from above. I got miracles, miracles, little, little miracles, miracles, oh miracles, bunch of miracles, one, two, three, four, oh, I need to be counted Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you very much. Well, someone give up. You open door that nobody could shut. I hope I never get over that you don't. Hallelujah, Jesus. Wanna live with an open heart. I wanna live like I know you are. I hope I never got over what you done. Hallelujah, Jesus. It's not missing, dancing, nights and luck. I know it comes from above. I got miracles, oh miracles, million little miracles. Miracles on miracles, count of miracles, one, two, three, four, I need they count them all. Miracles on miracles, count with miracles. Miracles on miracles, count of miracles, one, two, three, four, can I count them all? Can't even count them Can you count how many miracles God had performed in your life? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Start mentioning to God as he mentioned his own miracles also. 
God operate many miracles in his life and he can operate in your life. He, he, he can use these struggles to work in your life, to make you stronger, to make more closer to him. I can even count the miracles you performed in my life, Lord. Hallelujah. Raise up your hand and sing to him. Thank you, Lord, for all miracles you have done in my life. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you very much, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus. God had done so many beautiful things in our lives. I would you like to pray for you now. Father, thank you very much, Lord, for so many miracles that you had performed in our lives, Lord. Even though, Lord, we, we face so many loss, Lord, we face so many struggles and troubles in our lives, Lord. I pray for my brothers and sisters now, Lord, and I pray that you strengthen their faith, Lord, strengthen their life, Lord, and help them to walk with you closer and closer to you, Lord. Even though they are feeling, Lord, pain inside of them, Lord, because so many lost, Lord. Sometimes they are feeling angry, Lord. They don't understand what's going on, Lord. But I pray, Lord, that you can visit them now, Lord. Lord, and open their hearts, Lord, and help them to see your hand upon their lives, Lord. Help them see your love, your care for them, Lord. So many miracles in each one of my brothers and sisters' life, Lord. And you never left us, Lord. You always have been with us, Lord. Always protect us, Lord. Always talk to us. Always, Lord, caring for our lives and families, Lord. And I ask you, Lord, for you to bless each one of us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to have a thankful heart, Lord. Help us, Lord, to understand your way in our lives, Lord, and to never turn our back from you, Lord, but to run to your presence, Lord, and desire your presence more and more, Father. In the name of Jesus, I pray and I bless every one of you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. In the name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs>